the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Jesus made having a relationship with God seem absolutely obtainable because it is. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilbert. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, Log on to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. Today we're going to be looking in John chapter 7. I entitled this message, Having to Wait. Have you ever had to wait? Of course you have. We've all had to wait. Why is it that we're in a hurry? It seems like we all have to wait just a little bit more. That's when we catch every red light. We get stuck behind a bus, and the person in front of us is going 20 miles an hour below the speed limit. You know, I left my house early last Tuesday, you know, to get to our Tuesday prayer meeting that we have at Core Church every single week, and they were street sweeping the carpool lane on the freeway, which caused the entire freeway to stop. And it took me like an extra 30, 45 minutes to get in. It's like, I hate when that happens. Yes, when we're in a hurry, there's always an extra line for us. You know, a recent survey estimates that Americans spend 37 billion hours per year waiting in lines. And guess what? I believe that because I always end up in the longest line. If I pick a line to go in, it'll end up being the longest line, like at the grocery store. Why is it every time I get behind someone, there's always a price check? Or the worst is going to the bank, and there's 12 people in line, and there's only one teller. You're thinking, no. And if you live out here in California, you know what In-N-Out is. It's the best burger around. I love that place. But guess what? You're not in and out at In-N-Out. You'll be there for a while. And if you go through the drive through on the In-N-Out on Venice, when you order lunch, you'll have it by dinner. Well, maybe it's not that bad, but you get the point. And if you walk in and the person in front of you is taking forever to order, you're just thinking to yourself, wait a second here. You know, it's not that complicated of a menu. It's one patty or two. Do you want cheese on it? I mean, that's all there is on the menu. It's a single and a double. Like, what are you looking at the menu for? Hey, listen, I'm just trying to speed up the process here. And what about calling a dentist to make an appointment when you have a toothache and the receptionist says, I can squeeze you in in about six weeks. Six weeks? That's nice. I was thinking something a little sooner, like maybe today, my tooth hurts. Yes, we all have to wait from traffic to lines everywhere we go. But here today, as you're listening on the radio, we'll see how Jesus had to wait a little bit longer himself for he chose to wait. And why did he do that? Because Jesus had a plan. He always has a plan. 
And every day that we choose to wait is a day that we can allow the Lord to work in our life. But see, Jesus even chose to wait for himself. And that was because he was putting off the plans of the religious leaders. And what was their plans? To seize him and kill him. So Jesus was saying, no, that's not going to happen quite yet. You'll have your day one day, but it's going to be another day. Yes, Jesus had a plan. He had a real purpose. And so here today, we're going to look at John chapter 7. Now, earlier in this chapter, Jesus was laying low. Again, why was he laying low? Because the religious leaders wanted Jesus dead. And why is that? Because the people were flocking to Jesus, for he was so much different than all the religious leaders were. Yes, the religious leaders were intelligent, yet they were heartless. They had an appearance of holiness, yet they were filled with hypocrisy. They spoke words of God, yet they spoke them in a way that left the people empty and wondering. Wondering where they really stood with God, that is, which caused them to become totally disconnected from the people. For they embraced their religious power and position over their true calling from God himself to be loving shepherds over God's people by teaching them the truth of God's word, to give God's people an understanding of who God really was and how he wanted them to live. Remember when Moses was encouraged by his father-in-law Jethro to teach the laws of God to all of his leaders so that his leaders could teach the people? Moses was told in Exodus 18.20, he says, teach them the statutes and the laws. This is Jethro, his father-in-law, talking to Moses. So teach the people your God's statutes, the laws, and make known to them the way in which they are to walk and the work that they are to do. Furthermore, you shall select out of all the people able men, men who fear God, men of truth, those who hate dishonest gain, and you shall place these over as leaders, place them over the people, over the thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens, and let them judge the people at all time. Well, God's people drifted away from this simple way of teaching his truths to what they needed in their own lives. And what was the result of that? Well, the people didn't understand the truths of God. And the synagogue ended up being the very place that God no longer dwelled. How can that be? You go to the synagogue, you go to the church, isn't that where God dwells? Well, you would think so, but not in every church. Why is that? Because people don't teach the truth of God's Word. See, it wasn't because God didn't want to be found there, but rather the priests had turned the relationship with God into nothing more than a dead religious ceremony, totally lifeless. I think that we've all been in those kind of church services, haven't we, where you're going to church and you hear some just worthless, dead message, and you're thinking, how does this relate to me at all? Like, what does this have to do with me today living in the culture that I'm living in? And we see this. In some churches, again, still today, like they were seeing it 2,000 years ago. But again, how does this happen? Well, it happens this way. I think it's three main reasons. Number one, it's when a church rejects the Bible as the authoritative written word of God. Number two, by not embracing the word of God in its entirety. 
See, that's the beginning of the end, when people start to pick and choose what they like and dislike out of the Bible. Hey, listen, newsflash, you can't take one verse and leave the next one out. You can't pick and choose what you want. God has established truth, and it's the whole truth. You can't just pick like you do options for the car. Yes, I think I'll have the power moonroof, but I think I'll leave off, you know, the video system for the back seat. Listen, you don't have that choice with God's Word. Know this. We cannot allow culture or any place that calls itself a church to dictate what we accept or no longer accept in God's Word. For God never changes, nor does His Word change. What was sinned 3,500 years ago when Moses had penned the Pentateuch is still the law of God today. God doesn't change. So let's not forget what the Bible says in 2 Peter 1.20. He says, But know this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture, talking about the Scripture that we hold in our hands today, that's 66 individual books, by the way, is what the Bible is, It's 39 Old Testament books and 27 New Testament books. But how did we get those books? He says, those scriptures, it's not a matter of one's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will. But men, moved by the Holy Spirit, spoke from God. So that's how we've got the scripture today. That's why it doesn't change. And that's why we cannot add to it or take away from it. We have to heed the warning that's found at the end of our Bibles. It's in the book of Revelation, chapter 22, the last chapter of the Bible. And what does it say, starting in verse 18? It says, I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. What book? The Bible. If anyone adds to them, God shall add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the prophecy of this book, God shall take his way away from the tree of life and from the holy city, which is written in this book. Whoa! Do you think about that? Next time you want to uh, take away something from God's Word, say, oh, well, that's not for today. Oh, that doesn't belong to us. Hold on a second. He says if you add to the Word of God, He's going to add the plagues that are in this book. If you take away from the Word of God, your name will be taken away from the book of life. You will not go to heaven. Think about that. See, we have all kinds of laws that now justify what was once sin. And we think, oh, well, now now, the Supreme Court has has voted on this. Therefore, it is and it does not, you know, change now. Hold on. I don't care what the Supreme Court does. It doesn't invalidate what God has already established in his word. And if he calls it sin, it's sin. So what are those three things again? Yes. Number one, we must accept the Bible as the authoritative word of God. You can't take anything away from it. Number two, we must embrace God's word in its entirety. Again, not taking away or adding to it. And number three, pastors must have vision. The Bible says this in Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, where there is no vision, the people perish. See, today, many religions have completely dried up. Why again? Because they no longer teach about sin and how sin separates us from God. And like the Word of God says in Isaiah 59, it says that God said, 
It's not that my ear's dull that I can't hear you. It's not that my hand is short that I can't reach you, but your sin has made a separation between you and me. So if you're feeling a little separated from God, you don't feel like you're connected with him, I wonder if it's because maybe you're toying in sin and it's caused you to be separated from him. How we need to repent and receive God's forgiveness for our sins so that we can have a restored fellowship with our maker, so that we can have hope for our future. Remember when David sinned? His sin separated him from God. He said he was at the point of personal collapse. That's why he cried out in Isaiah 51.10. He says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from thy presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. He says, Restore to me the joy of thy salvation, and sustain me with a willing spirit. But notice how he started right there. He said, create in me a clean heart, O God. See, that word create is from the Hebrew word bara. It's the same word that's used in Genesis 1-1 where God said he created the heavens and the earth. And what it means is he made it from nothing. The word bara means he created from nothing. It's not like he went down to Home Depot and said, hey, listen, I need some building supplies to build the creation of the universe. No. He says, no, I'm I'm going to make it out of nothing. Well, David used that same word, created me a clean heart. What he's saying is, I have soiled this heart. I have broken my heart. I have sinned against you, God. I have created this this vacuum inside of me that's just sucking me dry. But Lord, would you create in me a clean heart? Would you give me a heart that's brand new? Would you scrap the heart that I have that I've sent in front of and done everything and just abuse this thing and give me a brand new heart so that I can have a steadfast spirit in me? And Lord, please, in the midst of all this, don't cast me away from your presence, but I need you to restore me to the joy of the salvation that I had in you before I fell off in the sin. See, I wonder how many of us could pray a prayer just like that. See, that's why at Core Church LA, we're always talking about the truth of God's Word. We want to get into the nitty-gritty. Let me just be real honest with you. If you're going to a church and you're never getting poked and prodded, if you're going to a church and you have active sin in your life, but those subjects never come up and you're never convicted of the sin in your life, is that really a place where you're growing and being stimulated to become that man or that woman of maturity? in your faith. Listen, I encourage you to come to Core Church Los Angeles. No matter where you're at here in Southern California here, we're just here on the west side of LA. We're right 200 feet north of the 10 freeway on La Cienega. Now listen, if you have to drive a little bit, wouldn't it be worth it if you're challenged in your faith? But let me ask you this. Even if you're not that close, would you download our free app at the App Store? Just go to the App Store and just download Core Church Los Angeles. It takes like, what, three minutes? Maybe not even that. Maybe it's 90 seconds. But 
all of a sudden, now you have at your fingertips the ability of watching hundreds of video messages and even watching our live stream services on Sunday morning. We have three services, by the way, one at 8.30, one at 10.30, and one at 12.30. Now, listen, if you're on one of our 19 stations back east, you of course, you have to add three hours to that, but still, you can watch our live stream services there on Sunday morning and also our midweek study here at 7.30 on Thursdays. But David, he was seeking after what? He was seeking after a washed heart. He was seeking after a cleansed heart, one that was completely and totally refreshed, one that was no longer tainted like he was. He was seeking that new heart, and that's exactly what God desires to do for you and for me when we truly repent of our sin. You know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, he says, if any man or any woman is in Christ, they become a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Wow, I wonder if there's anyone that would really like to have that going on in their life right here today. Well, hang on. In a few minutes, we're going to come back to that. But this isn't being taught in many churches in our culture today. That is, talking about sin, talking about the things that separate us from God, just like it wasn't being taught here in our text here in John chapter 7. Yet Jesus, the God-man, he was different. Jesus made sense. He talked to the people in a way that they could totally track along with him and then fully understand what he was saying. Jesus made having a relationship with God seem absolutely obtainable because it is. I wonder if there's anyone listening today that thinks, man, I wonder if I could really have a relationship with God. But don't you know, Pastor, what I've done? Don't you know where I've been? Don't you know the things that have really taken me away? It's like, I don't know if God would really want a relationship with me. Well, I can tell you this. You're absolutely wrong. He would want a relationship with you and does want that relationship with you. And Jesus, when he was talking to people, he put that relationship in the reach of the average person. Well, earlier in John chapter 7, Jesus wasn't going to go into Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of the Jews like his brothers wanted him to. And why is that? Because verse 1 said in chapter 7 that the Jews were seeking to kill him. And then he goes on in verse 6 of chapter 7, Jesus said, my time is not yet at hand. So Jesus, see, he knew that they wanted to kill him. So he just kind of gave the illusion like, I'm not going to go in. But guess what? He changed his mind. So Jesus ended up going to Jerusalem at the right moment. Now, with all of that as a backdrop, we're going to consider this thought here, seeking Jesus. So let me pick up and read here in John chapter 7, verse 11. It says, so the Jews were seeking Jesus at the feast, and they were saying, where is he? And there was much grumbling among the crowds concerning Jesus. Some were saying, well, he's a good man. Others were saying, no, on the contrary, he leads the people astray. Yet no one was speaking openly of Jesus for the fear of the Jews. And when it was now in the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and he began to teach. Wow. As the people gathered to celebrate here, the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacles, that was a seven-day feast in Jerusalem. The 
the, the city was absolutely packed. And the topic of conversation, it was Jesus. And he doesn't show up at the beginning of the seven-day feast. He shows up kind of in the middle. And even the religious leaders were asking, well, where is he? As the people were debating, you know, who Jesus really was. Some, again, were saying, well, he's a good man. While others thought, well, he's a troublemaker. It sounds just like today, doesn't it? For people are still talking about Jesus. Some say he was a good moral leader, one to be admired. Others will say, well, he was a prophet that was sent from God. While others would claim that he never existed at all. Really? Never existed at all? I mean, we changed the course of time because of Jesus. B.C., before Christ, A.D., Anno Domini, a, a, a Latin term that means the year of the Lord. Of course Jesus existed. And yet still others that just say, well, he was a mere man that was married to a woman named Mary Magdalene. And that is Mary from the city of Magdala. And that's what happens when people give themselves over to books of fiction. You ever read that book, uh, The Da Vinci Code? Well, I wouldn't think that you probably read it, but some, I guess, have. Uh, but you've probably heard of it. They even made a movie about The Da Vinci Code, had Tom Hanks in it and what have you. But that book, the author was Dan Brown, and he used the Gospel of Philip as a resource for his information. Yet what Dan Brown leaves out is this, that the reason why the Gospel of Philip was not included in the Bible is because the Gospel of Philip was written by a bunch of Gnostics. Now, the Gnostics were a group who claimed to have gained spiritual knowledge by self-illumination. They wrote the Gospel of Philip in about 225 A.D., That was 175 years after Philip died. So Philip never wrote the book. Understand, the Philip who walked with Jesus had nothing to do with that book. Dan Brown also used information from the Gospel of Thomas, also written by the Gnostics around 200 AD. And like Philip... Thomas had nothing to do with that book either, since it was written well after Thomas had died. Those books are full of contradictory teachings, denying the deity of Jesus Christ. Listen to the last sentence in the Gospel of Thomas. It reads, quote, In order for a woman to be saved, she must become a man. Well, there you go, girls. Work that out for yourself. Well, that's just ridiculous, obviously. But the bottom line is this. Jesus Christ, he came. He came for one reason. He came to this world to live as a man like you and me and to die on the cross so that he would bear the sin of all humanity upon his body. Now you and me who have sinned before God, we've done things that are wrong. Some of us more than others, but all of us have sinned. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible also says in Romans 6.23, it says the wages of sin is death. So despite inflation, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Let me ask you, do you know Christ? Are your sins forgiven? Do you know that you know you're going to heaven? Let me ask you another question. Is there anyone listening right now? You're a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter, meaning you've kind of walked away from the Lord and you're not really sure where you stand. You've allowed a lot of sin in your life and you're just not sure where you're at. 
Listen, you need to come back to Christ right now. The Bible says in Acts 3.19, Repent, therefore, and return to the Lord, so your sins may be forgiven in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Listen, God wants to do a great work inside of your heart, but we must get right with Him. We must repent of our sin. We must say, God, I'm sorry. Listen, no one else can pray this prayer for you. Only you can pray it. Not your best friend, not your mother. But if you want to get right with Christ today, and you want to know that your sin's forgiven, you want to start over with the Lord, then you pray this prayer right now. Mean it in your heart, and God will hear you. Pray this now. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe that you died for me. Yes, I believe you rose again from the dead. Would you come inside of me? Would you walk with me again? Would you walk with me right now? Would you be my Lord? Would you be my God? Would you be my Savior and my friend? Please come inside of me and fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, I want to send you a Bible and some materials to help you and encourage you in this walking relationship with Christ. Why don't you text me your name and phone number to 323-807-3255. You can text me at 323-807-3255. And may the Lord God bless you. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to Pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilbur of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.